And now, America's number one show on pop culture and politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth where the nation is still adjusting to the fact that the uh, president of the United States wannabe, the former president of the United States, he was number 45, he also wants to be number 47, uh, that would be Donald J. Trump, is now a twice indicted uh, uh, suspect and uh, and defendant in uh, some very serious <laughs> some very serious trials that are waiting to happen and that's not all uh, President Trump uh, spoke last night it was today is his birthday happy birthday President Trump but it's uh, not really a birthday gift that the number of Republicans, and including prominent Republicans, including candidates for president, who are actually speaking critically about Donald Trump, has all of a sudden soared. It soared overnight. And uh, a lot of people who had rallied to Trump's support, and by the way, the public still appears to be rallying to Trump's support. There's a new YouGov GOP 24 poll that shows uh, Trump now 30 points ahead of DeSantis, 30 points ahead and, and much further ahead of everybody else. But at the same time, uh, people have compiled lists of very prominent people, including uh, Mike Pence and uh, Nikki Haley and Asa Hutchinson and, uh, well, of course, Chris Christie we knew about. But all kinds of other prominent Demo uh, Republicans who have uh, spoken out uh, critically about President Trump. Now, why did that happen? Why did it take a while to happen? A in other words, why didn't you see any of this on uh, Monday or even Sunday uh, or yesterday, but you see it all of a sudden today. I, I'll tell you why it, it, it's taken a while to happen. It's taken a while for people to read the actual indictment. The indictment is 49 pages. It is very clear. And no, it, uh, it doesn't look great for President Trump. Uh, he spoke last night. I listened to the speech. The speech was tight. It was well written. Uh, but it was entirely about this subject, the subject of the indictment, the most recent indictments, no reference at all to the prior indictments in New York City where he is indicted regarding the hush money case and no uh, reference at all to the upcoming round of uh, potential indictments that are going to be taking place in Washington, D.C. That's also under the supervision of Jack Smith. And, uh, and then the ones in Georgia, which are probably expected to have a, um, a conclusion of that grand jury sometime in August. So that'll be a while. If you have uh, changed your mind or you have some idea why it is that uh, so many prominent people are changing their minds about this uh, question of, of President Trump, his uh, suitability for leadership, 
In other words, one of the strangest things that was very, very much all around the country on Monday and Tuesday was that these new indictments are going to help Trump. That happy birthday, Mr. President, uh, you are going to have uh, even higher support from the Republican Party and from people in the Republican Party than before. That appears to be changing despite the polling that was taken just a couple of days ago. Why is it changing these last couple of days? And if uh, that has happened with you, uh, looking at this situation, you can give us a call, 1-800-955-1776. There is, for instance, Mike Pence, who drew some very favorable response from around the country with his moving and I think actually eloquent announcement of candidacy, uh, Mike Pence uh, looked like and sounded like a serious candidate. And he initially, with his initial response coming on a Friday uh, before the uh, before he had had a chance to read the indictment, uh, that that initial response was very supportive and very sympathetic to President Trump. A little bit less so today. Uh, This is uh, uh, Mike Pence, former vice president, on CNBC. Uh, Listen. No one's above the law, and this indictment contains serious charges, and I cannot defend what is alleged. I I will tell you, not only as a former vice president, but also my son's a Marine. My son-in-law is a Navy lieutenant. I mean, the, the very prospect that what is alleged here took place, creating an opportunity where highly sensitive classified material could have fallen into the wrong hands, even inadvertently, that, that jeopardizes our national security. It puts at risk the men and women of our armed forces. And as I said, I, I can't defend what is alleged, but uh, the former president has a right uh, to his day in court. Okay, and he will get his day in court, and everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and that's fairly consistent. But uh, it, it, it wasn't uh, just uh, Mike Pence, one of the most conservative members of Congress, uh, Ken Buck of Colorado, uh, said uh, in the last 24 hours, the former, he's a former local uh, prosecutor and current House Freedom Caucus member, He added that if Trump is convicted, I uh, certainly won't support a convicted felon for the White House. I think the allegations are very serious, he said. I think there are some national security implications from having documents in an insecure area. He hid his documents, uh, purposefully putting them in a shower, purposely putting them on a stage, So there clearly is an intent to hide. And for Ken Buck, a very conservative voice, Freedom Caucus member, to say, no, I I wouldn't vote for Trump if he's convicted of these charges, that's uh, fairly amazing. And uh, then, of course, you have Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley was on the uh, Buck Sexton Clay Travis show and uh, uh, she sounded much less supportive of the president than she did just two days ago. 
this is the former ambassador to the UN, uh, currently running third or fourth in most of the polls for the presidency. This is uh, Nikki hap- Haley. What's happening is unfortunate. I think the Justice Department has handled this whole thing terribly. I mean, you can't have one standard for Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and then another standard for Republicans like Donald Trump. And we're seeing that again. And we're seeing that again with the Biden robbery um, recordings that are, that have come to light. I mean, the country should never stand for that, and I think that we should all speak up and we have to be loud about that. Having said that, if the claims in the indictment are true, if they're true, then Trump was incredibly reckless with our national security, and that's not okay. So now if you've got the question of a pardon, I mean, that's a very different question. I'm not going to presume President Trump's guilt. I think we all need to let this trial play out. We need to see, you know, exactly what happens. But, you know, when you look at a pardon, the issue is less about guilt and more about what's good for the country. And I think it would be terrible for the country to have a former president in prison for years because of a documents case. That's something you see in a third world country. I saw that at the United Nations. So I would be inclined in favor of a pardon. Okay, she's uh, inclined in favor of a pardon, but a- acknowledging uh, that uh, this is a very serious matter, that this is not nothing. The, the question is, and really it's a question that's put by David Leonhardt in the New York Times today, is people are asking, if this were someone else who weren't a political figure, would anybody else for doing the same things? Get indicted. We'll get to that coming up. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better. Entertain your brain every day. I really, really wonder what's going on in your head. On the Michael Medved Show. Well, I appreciate that wondering about what's going on in my head. I'm trying to um, follow the, uh, the, the changes uh, that have been occurring in this country just in the last couple of days. I mean, and it literally is just at that time. We, we had heard about the indictments originally. Remember, we heard about the indictments when President Trump announced it. He announced it. Uh, he posted something on uh, Truth Social uh, that he had been informed that he was going to be indicted and that that was going to be happening on Tuesday. It was on Friday that they finally released the indictments, the 49 pages. Uh, people have been digesting it and reacting differently. Uh, for instance, uh, Congressman Don Bacon of Nebraska. Now, he's a Republican, and he's a strong conservative Republican, but he's in a district that is a a close district in Nebraska, and he has to fight each time to hold on to his seat. He had uh, this to say about uh, President Trump and the current situation. This is clip nine. Well, I think it's obvious what the president did was wrong. And we just got to be honest. I mean, to have thousands of secrets in your house, showing them to people that were not read in, and then giving back some of it, but saying you gave back all of it and lying about it, I just, there's no way to defend that. And I just think the emperor has no clothes. And we need to have some Republicans stand up and say that because 
come around after the primary, I guarantee you the other party is going to be saying this, mm -hmm. and I think it will, will cost us the November election. So yeah. I just don't see it as a sham indictment. I think this is what he did. I think, assuming that all the allegations are true here, you, I don't think you can deny it. And I think we have to stand on the truth. And I think, and that's what Republicans will win in the long run. I think what the people are probably fearful of the base, fearful of uh, you know President Trump attacking them, but. I think in the end, if you, if you stand on the truth, you're going to win in the end. Uh, isn't that kind of heartening to hear uh, from Congressman Don Bacon, Republican in the House of Representatives? It is to me. Also, one of the most celebrated, distinguished uh, Republican judges and conservative judges is uh, Michael uh, J. Michael uh, Ludig who had uh, been discussed uh, many, many times as a on the, all the short lists for the Supreme Court. He was on President Trump's short list, and he has had a, a very distinguished career as an appellate judge. And he just made a statement. Uh, there is not an attorney general, he says, of either party who would not have brought today's charges against the former president. In other words, that goes to this idea that he's being singled out because of political persecution uh, or that famous Chiron that they had on Fox News last night. It was so embarrassing that it was up for a few seconds and then they took it down. But there are screenshots of it and it actually did exist. It showed a split screen with Trump on the right side and uh, Biden on the left side. They're both at a podium. Uh, Trump's in Bedminster, New Jersey. Biden's in the White House. And the uh, caption, the Chiron that they put on, on screen, said, Wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's is that is that fair and balanced <laughs> for Fox News? Uh, it's it's a, a problematic, especially given the fact that President uh, Joe Biden uh, has been saying since these indictments were first announced that uh, he is not going to comment on them, that he's not going to speak about it, and it would be inappropriate that he had nothing to do with the timing of this. He didn't order the indictments. He didn't speak with Merrick Garland about it. He didn't speak with Jack Smith about it. He's uninvolved. And uh, they're just reporting today in Politico that President Joe Biden and his top aides have taken a vow of silence on the federal indictments of his predecessor, Donald Trump, and have explicitly ordered the National Democratic Party and his reelection campaign to do the same. In other words, they're not going to be putting, uh, certainly not at, at this stage, uh, ads on the air or uh, have any public statements or... Uh, rallies about Trump and the indictments. I mean, Trump deserves his day in court. He's innocent until proven guilty. Uh, now, 
let's uh, let's see what the trial looks like as it moves ahead. But meanwhile, you have a number of Republicans and people of some real distinction who are making the kind of comments that you didn't hear uh, a couple of days ago. For instance, the whip of uh, the Republicans in the U.S. Senate, the number two guy right behind Mitch McConnell, uh, who uh, is John Thune, he has said these are very serious allegations. He said they would, we need to find out if they're true, blah, 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 but very serious allegations. Uh, Senate Representative Tim Burchett of Tennessee he was asked if he would support Trump if Trump were convicted. He said, I just have to read the conviction, but no, honestly, on the surface, I wouldn't. That doesn't look good. Dan Crenshaw, Republican of Texas, he said, uh, look, it's very problematic. Uh, there's a reason I'm not commenting on it. And, uh, and Senator Lisa Murkowski, who has been a more independent-minded Republican, but she said the charges in this case are quite serious and cannot be casually dismissed. Mishandling classified documents is a federal crime because it can expose national secrets as well as the sources and methods they were obtained through. And uh, uh, then, of course, there was Mitt Romney. We played some of Mitt Romney yesterday. And he said, Mr. Trump brought these charges upon himself by not only taking classified documents, but by refusing to simply return them when given numerous opportunities to do so, which is one of those questions that is a profoundly puzzling question. If you have any answers on it, we'll take your call. But why would President Trump, uh, knowing that they were demanding the documents at the National Archives, why would he insist on holding on to them? Why not cooperate with the federal government on this? We will get to that and more coming up on the Medved Channel. Look, he's a sick puppy. Greatest show on God's green earth. Whoa, <laughs> how, how gross and evil is that? It's the Michael Medved Show. Uh, speaking of gross and evil, President Trump began his speech last night, and it was a dramatic and <laughs> unforgettable beginning. He said, uh, uh, today uh, we have witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. That was the way he described his own indictment. And by the way, not uh, uh, slavery as the abuse of power, uh, not um, the internment of Japanese Americans, uh, not, well, you, you can name it. There have been abuses of power in the United States not the uh, segregation of schools or the segregation of uh, riding on buses or trains, but the uh, the indictment of um, President Trump on his 37 counts 
Let us go directly to your calls and to Ethan in Snoqualmie, Washington. You're on the MedVet Show. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm well. I think, uh, well, I think you're dead wrong on all, you're, you're totally burying the lead. You know perfectly well that if Donald Trump did anything wrong with documents, and there's not yet any proof that he did, but if he did do anything wrong with documents, it's, it pales in comparison to what Biden and Clinton did. And if, if, if uh, uh, the president of the Congo used his Department of Justice to try to imprison his number one foe politically, you would be calling for the U.N. to go in there and, and fix that because that is so, such a horrible offense that we've never seen anything like it in this nation. And, and then you want to talk about Romney and Murkowski not being able to support Trump, quite frankly, if they did, that would be for me a reason not to vote for Trump because well again it's not it's not just Romney and Murkowski. I acknowledge that those are two people who are well known for criticizing President Trump. But that's not true of people like Ken Buck, who's a member of the Freedom Caucus, and it's not true of Tim Burchett from Tennessee or Don Bacon from Nebraska or the very promising Dan Crenshaw, who's one of the rising stars of the Republican Party down in Texas. And the the idea that uh, uh, that this is an outrageous attempt uh, based on nothing uh, to uh, to try to prosecute or punish Trump or to damage him politically. Why do you think? Uh, Ethan, that President Trump uh, didn't do what Mike Pence did in the same situation, what Joe Biden did in the same situation, is then when people became aware that he had a bunch of documents that he wasn't supposed to have, uh, and they asked to get those documents back, why not give the boxes back? What important principle is being is being uh, defended by holding on to these documents and potentially putting yourself in big trouble. I think I think a bigger question, Michael, and, and I'm happy to answer your question. I don't know that he didn't declassify these documents. He said that he did. There's not a an established process. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. He's on tape. He's on tape, audio tape, and he knew he was being taped, and which is so shocking. And, and when on that tape, he said, I, I know I could have declassified them when I was still president, but I can't now. So they're still secret. He knew that was secret. And, and Biden knew that the documents that he had stored in cardboard boxes in his garage were secret. No, he, he didn't know anything them about them. And they were documents from when he was vice president. Michael, it was, was you know, it's, it's the United States with classified documents in his garage where his where his, um, you know, less than perfectly uh, uh, comported son had a, had availability to them. Clinton bleach bitted her her phones and her computers after they had been subpoenaed after. They can, I ask, can I ask can I ask you a question? Why do you think President Trump? Uh, didn't appoint a special or, or ask his attorney general, Jeff Sessions, his first attorney general or second attorney general, Bill Barr. He had four years. How come he never followed up on uh, the Clinton email issue if it was so terrible? 
Well, now you are understanding the whole point. Because no, no, I'm not. It was President Trump who didn't pursue that issue. Let he decided. Question, Michael. Go, what? Go ahead, answer. He, because he recognized how incredibly damaging it would be for the for the president of the United States to use his DOJ to go after his political opponents, and so and 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 so uh, he didn't send his DOJ after Hillary Clinton for. Clearly, clearly. Well, he did. He did. He did send the DOJ after Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden has his own special prosecutor in Delaware that was appointed by President Trump. Hunter Biden has been stealing, uh, using his. Okay, I, I look. I think Hunter Biden. I think Hunter Biden is a disgrace. I I really do, and I think it's appropriate. For President Trump to have appointed a special prosecutor to go after Hunter Biden, but the the idea that uh, President Trump, you haven't offered any explanation for why you think President Trump, uh, when he was subpoenaed, when he was discussing with the uh, National Archives, when he was asked for return of the documents, why he didn't respond the way Mike Pence did. And just give them what they want. So you're, you're talking about a man who was the president for four years and was harassed continually on all sorts of garbage for years and years. And then you're asking why he would see a contentious situation as a contentious situation. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm asking. I'm asking when, when there's a question of law. And the question of law is pretty clear here. That's why you have people like Judge Lutig, who has been a conservative hero for years and years and years, saying that any attorney general, not just Merrick Garland, but any attorney general, uh, seeing the facts of the situation of what uh, President Trump taking these literally hundreds of boxes and then storing them and manipulating them at... Uh, at Mar-a-Lago, uh, anyone would have brought charges. And and the idea is that do you have no faith, even with the sympathetic judge, uh, Aileen Cannon, even with her in charge of this, you have no faith that this is going to be a fair trial? No. At this point, I am, I am with a whole lot of Americans who have absolutely no faith in our criminal justice system, in our federal Bureau of Investigations. The, the, the comportment of those, uh, those people have, has been so biased and so horrible. What's your, when, see, when you say you have no faith in our criminal justice system, that's a very broad uh, statement. What's the greatest miscarriage of justice that that sticks in your mind oh well you know obvious is the treatment of january 6 protesters when compared to uh blm protesters that's a perfect example um the idea that that these people walking around in the capitol um are okay but you see what what you're doing john you who is a, a great conservative leading conservative legal scholar was on our show, and the point that he made, which I think is a profound point, is this idea of talking about one case and the way one case is looked and say, well, but what about this other case? What about this other case that happened here? You, you can't do that. 
because that's not the way the law works. In other words, it would be ruled out of order if Trump's lawyers bring up anything about the treatment of Hillary Clinton or the treatment of Hunter Biden or the treatment of Mike Pence. If they do anything like that, they would be ruled out of order because what you're supposed to look at is, in fact, the facts. And... the most important forces we've had on this planet. My friend, Michael Medved. And on the Michael Medved show, uh, our caller, Ethan, uh, was very concerned about the state of the American criminal justice system. Uh, There's also uh, all kinds of problems with uh, civil uh, justice. And you don't have to go to a criminal courtroom to find anomalies like this announcement today of Starbucks being uh, hit with $25.6 million in punitive damages. Actually, it's 600000 in actual damages and then $20 million uh, in, in punitive damages. It's an incredible story. And that's a lot of money. And uh, the what's going on here is not the current dispute about whether Starbucks is denying union organizers claims that it, they're banning pride displays in U.S. stores. This has nothing to do with pride displays. It has to do with an incident that you may remember in April of 2018. So we're talking uh, more than five years ago, two young black men. Uh, very professional, uh, well-dressed, well-educated, uh, upwardly mobile businessmen were doing a business meeting in Starbucks. They were supposed to meet somebody else. He was late. And while they were sitting there, uh, they were uh, they asked to use the restroom. And Starbucks at that time, I think they've changed their policy, had a policy where if you weren't buying something, you weren't allowed to use the restrooms. And uh, so they were asked to leave. They argued uh, because they tried to make the case they were waiting for somebody else, and then they were planning to buy something and order their coffee and order their snacks. In any event, one of the employees at that Starbucks called the cops, and the two men were arrested. The two men were black. And uh, there was a tremendous amount of publicity and negativity back in 2018. It sounded like uh, this. Uh, This is clip 12. We're back now with Starbucks under fire. Protests, as you know, breaking out after two black men were arrested. A few minutes ago, we had about a dozen protesters outside of the Starbucks here. But because of the driving rain, they're now inside, conducting essentially a stand-in. The video has now been viewed more than nine million times. Two black men sitting at a table inside this Starbucks and arrested. 
What did they do? Outrage is brewing this morning over this viral video showing two black men escorted out of a Philadelphia Starbucks in handcuffs by police. Well, what did they do? What did they do? Someone tell me what they did. They didn't do anything. I saw the entire thing. Police say the men were sitting at a table without making a purchase and when asked to leave, they refused. That's when an employee called 911, reporting the incident as trespassing. Witnesses, including this businessman who the real estate brokers were about to meet with, say the men were discriminated against for being black. Okay, what's happened now is a different discrimination case. That's what the $25.6 million is about. The... Um, uh, in Monday, uh, Monday uh, just two days ago, in a surprising twist, a federal jury in New Jersey ordered Starbucks to pay $25.6 million to a former regional manager after determining that the company had fired her amid the fallout from this dispute that we were just hearing about that took place in Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. Uh, the claim that she was making is she was fired because she was white. The jury found that Starbucks had violated the federal civil rights of the former manager, whose name is Shannon Phillips, as well as violating a New Jersey law that prohibits discrimination based on race, awarding her $600,000 in compensatory damages and $25 million in punitive damages. Uh, Laura Carlin uh, Matiachi, who's a lawyer for Ms. Phillips, who was the fired manager, said she and her client were very pleased. Well, if you just won $25 million, you probably would be, too. With the unanimous verdict of the jury, adding that she proved by clear and convincing evidence that punitive damages were warranted under New Jersey law. Now, here's one of the details that is important to get clear here, is that... Um, she was never involved with uh, some of the firing of other people or some of the reaction that was punitive uh, that, that took place because of the original incident involving uh, racism toward black people. She was a regional manager. She oversaw 100 stores in Philadelphia, South uh, Jersey, Delaware, and parts of Maryland. She had been promoted to the job in 2011 after what she called exemplary performance in six years as district manager in Ohio. Ms. Phillips said in the suit that Starbucks, as part of their damage control effort after the arrests, had sought to punish her and other white employees in and around Philadelphia even if they had no involvement at all in the events that led to the police being called. She hadn't called the police. She hadn't approved calling the police. She had been not guilty of any kind of harshness to the two people who were arrested. Uh, she just happened to be the person in charge. And the claim in her lawsuit is she was singled out as opposed to the black manager who was actually the one running the store at the time he was not punished she was she claimed she was punished because she was white 
In uh, contrast, Ms. Phillips said no action was taken against the manager who oversaw the Rittenhouse Square store, a black man who Ms. Phillips said had promoted uh, the employee who called the police. Ms. Phillips said she was fired not long after balking at the order to suspend the white manager. Uh, she said that she had not been previously told that she was doing a bad job and that the only explanation she was given for the firing was that the situation is not recoverable. Um, this is amazing. Starbucks ultimately chose not to press charges against the men at the center of the episode. Uh, Dante Robinson and Rashawn Nelson, both 23 at the time, uh, before suing over the ordeal, they reached a confidential financial settlement with the company and got a commitment from the city of Philadelphia to invest 200000 to uh, help young entrepreneurs. Uh, part of the other flashback with the CEO then of uh, Starbucks, Kevin Johnson, talking about uh, the uh, stores, the chain of stores, doing more to combat unconscious bias. It sounded like Now, there this. are some scenarios where the police should be called. If there's uh, uh, threats or disturbance, uh, those may be appropriate times. In this case, none of that occurred. It was completely inappropriate to engage the police. And so clearly there's an opportunity for us to provide clarity. And in addition to that, I'd say there's training, more training that we're going to do with our store managers, not only around the guidelines, but training around unconscious bias. What happened to those two gentlemen was wrong. Because you said in your statement, and I quote here, that Starbucks stands firmly against racial profiling. So you believe that was the case here? Well, Robin, Starbucks was built as a company that creates a warm, welcoming environment for all customers. That didn't happen in this case. That I know. And so it's my responsibility to ensure that we review everything. We review the actions of the store manager, we review the, 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 the guidelines that were provided, and we review and invest in the training necessary to ensure that doesn't happen again. They even uh, closed down all of Starbucks across the country for a day to allow for this special training. In any event, will this case be appealed? Who knows? But $25.6 million, uh, quite a, a judgment for the fired manager. We're going to be speaking about the state of the Republican primary. Right now, there's, of course, the leading candidate is the one who's getting all the attention. As President uh, Donald Trump, who wants to be future President Donald Trump, not just former President Donald Trump. But uh, is the Republican primary a big tent or is it a big top? In other words, do we have a wide open primary where all comers are welcome or is it one where it looks like a clown show? Uh, we will get to that and to much more coming up in this greatest nation on God's green earth.